sharing with us understanding demonic spirits and how they operate. Now, I found out that uh, we really need this understanding here uh, in the church. Um, I don't go too much into this because my focus is Jesus. But we really need to know about these things so we can, you know, free ourselves and walk free as children of God. Amen. Father, I just ask that you speak tonight and minister to our hearts. We love you, God, and we thank you for your great work in our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Understanding demonic spirits and how they operate. You know, many Christians don't realize that there are still demons in this world. They think they are gone. But they are still here. They are still influencing people's lives. And they are still causing troubles in our homes. They are really entering into anything that you allow them to come into. If you open the door, they're coming. Now, notice something. This is a secret. Sometimes you read scriptures and you're not aware of what God is trying to tell you. You see, God cannot force himself into your life. You know that. He can't. He'll try to persuade you to open up so he can come in. Because he is a spirit. Demons cannot come into your home or your life until you open the door somehow by some action, by some word, and then they come in. That's why Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. That's God Almighty. He can't come in, but he'll persuade you through his word that this will be good for you if you let me come in. That's the Lord Jesus. You will have eternal life. Life will be great for you. Just let me in. And then you're persuaded and you see, you look into your life. You say to yourself, sin is no help for me. I'm hurting. I need somebody to help me. Amen. And so you open up and he comes in and you feel the peace. Now, Satan is the same way. He tries to seduce you to, allow, to open the door for him to come in. He seduces you telling you there's some good some benefit, something that your flesh will enjoy if you will just open the door and let him come in. There is fun here. Come on in. Everyone is doing it, right? And so you think, what's wrong with that? They're having fun. And so you say it or you do it, and what happens? He comes in. And then you find out later, is no good. Let me tell you something. Every action, everything that you do that will have significance as a man, you need to be anointed. Is that God anoints you or Satan will anoint you? You have a gift. You can give the gift to God. Or you can turn the gift to the enemy. The gift came from the Lord himself. But the use of that gift depends on your human spirit and whose influence you want to be in your life. They'll carry the gift out. If it's God, 
he'll do the world good and he'll do you good. If it's not God, he'll do you good for a while and then you kill, he kills you. Destroys your life. We see that in Hollywood. That's what's happening. Now let me show you something. Judas had already made up his mind to betray Jesus. You remember that? He already made up his mind he was going to do it. But he needed, before he could carry it out, he needed to be anointed by the devil. Jesus gave him the sop. You remember that? And he took the sop. And what happened? And Satan, Satan entered into him. He needed to be anointed. Whatever you do, you will be anointed. And if it's the devil, he'll follow through until you're destroyed. He came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If you play games with him, he'll kill you. And after you're gone, he'll kill your children. And your children after you to the third generation. And if they do the same, he'll continue with that, that generation until he finishes the family. The whole line is off. But if you obey God, God says he will anoint you to do his work. And he'll follow through with that to the tenth generation. That's a wonderful thing. So what I'm trying to share with us today is some things, not everything, but some things that you must recognize in your life. Look carefully. Study carefully what's happening to you, to your life, and what you're doing. And see if you are being seduced. You understand what I'm saying? If you're being seduced, that's the enemy is too close for comfort. You're liking it. <laughs> and before long, you open the door, he comes in, and if he thinks there is any chance for you, for you to get him out of his life, he goes to get more. So that if you ever make an attempt to go the other way, it will really be a battle. So it's even worse for Christians. That's why Jesus said when, if, when an evil spirit leaves, he comes back. He says it's empty. He goes to get more. Because he sees there's a chance you go back. So if you're going to go back, there's going to be a real fight. It's not going to be just me. You got to deal with all this. Maybe 2,000 of, 2, of them in you. One person. So it's a real thing uh, that's going on. We Christians need to understand that. You know, in my own life, and I shared with you before, I think, Angela, I will share with you sometime because I think we, I had so much I want to share about this. I've never gone this way too much before, but I, I feel like I need to reveal what God has taught me over the years. I've dealt with things like this. He doesn't bother me. I don't pay attention to demons. And I told somebody that scares me because I'm not afraid of them. That means you are too comfortable. Because I know I can handle them. That's dangerous. Because he says, I don't have to worry about it, so I know how to handle them. That was Samson's mistake. That was Samson's mistake. He was so comfortable, he didn't realize he was being killed. So I know that. He had to watch that. But I need, by the grace of God, to show us that these things do exist. And when they get into your life, unless God has given you knowledge to get rid of them, they'll destroy you. As a Christian, they'll make you so miserable. And some people, I believe, don't even make it. Because they go all the way to the other way and they never come back to the Lord. And you know, a lot of Christians think 
please pardon me. A lot of Christians think, well, I keep going this way. I know Jesus. If I just ask for forgiveness, God will forgive me before I die. You're dumb. You think the Satan will take you to the last point and you are ready to go. God is not with you and he's going to let go at that point. You're kidding. I heard a story of a woman that was dying. On, uh, you know, she had been run over or they had a very bad accident. And this preacher was telling us, if you don't accept Jesus, don't ever hope that it's going to happen. She was unconscious. And this preacher came by and saw what was happening. And he said he ran down the road to see what was happening. They allowed, in him because, allowed, allowed the preacher him because he was a minister. He wanted to minister to this young woman that was dying. And he saw a condition, and he thought, this woman is dying. So he leaned to her. She was almost unconscious and said, lady, you're dying. I want to pray with you to receive the Lord. She was dying. Unconscious, she reached her hand to his face and pushed his face away. Pushed his face away. Shortly after that, she died. It's not that easy. It's a spiritual battle. You are a man, you're, you're, you have a spirit, but there are spiritual forces, and they have a game plan. You are in a battle. And if you play games with God, they know you're playing games with God, and they have you in the corner, they'll really get rid of it. They will really let you have it in life. You always grow or you, you're diminishing in life. So recognize this. We need to understand that demonic forces are, and Christians, we don't have to be afraid of them. Every one of us here can deal with them. If you know how to handle them. But none of us want to be in their territory. You don't want to go to them. They are very legalistic. They told Jesus, they know their rights, and they'll maintain their rights. So they told Jesus, have you come to destroy us before the time? Meaning, you don't have, even we know you're God, but there is a set time. It's not yet time, and you can do what you're trying. Jesus wasn't there. They were trying to distract him, but they knew, they knew what to do. If Jesus had argued with them about that, that's where they remain. But Jesus is not going to even address that. That's not why he was there. Come out of the man, he says. They know why. They are very legalistic. And they know how to come to God. They, they, just like in Job, give you understanding here. God, you are protecting him. Turn him loose. He'll cross you to your face. We can't reach him. But once you move out of God's territory, they have a right. He did it or he accepted it. He acted this way. He said it. We have a right to go in. That's when sometimes I'm getting demons out of people and the demons will tell me, she's mine. You can't have her. And sometimes they boast, I have been here 10 years or since this person was born and this is my home and I'm going nowhere. When I have to reply them back, <laughs> we have to see who's going to win in this battle of words. Amen? Well, the person says they want you out. And you're going to come out. Now tell me you're not going to come out. They're quiet. So I know they have agreed they're going to come out. Amen? Easy to deal with. Real easy to deal with. Very easy to deal with, but you need to be willing. You need to be willing. What I want to share tonight is some things that you can examine 
and look at and know that uh, most likely there's a demonic thing going on here. Amen? There's certain things to watch out for. You've heard a lot about generational curses. Guess what's the life behind generational curses? Demons. Generational curses, they are actually carried out by demons. Not God, not genetics, demons. If you see anything that's happening in your family that's going on from one generation to another suspect a generational curse and deal with the demon. Deal with it. I have cut off all the generational curses from my side of my family. They're not going to my children. Amen. I spent time doing that. I spent days doing that. Serious business. Amen. Everywhere they took me to, and I remember I confessed before God, addressed the demons. And tell them, you don't have a right in my life or my children's life, my wife's life. We're different. I'm not of that family. <laughs> he is my father. Amen. He is my father. And you have no right to put that on me. Amen. And then I tell them to get out of my life. So you need to watch out for those things. If there's something that's going on from one generation to another you know it happened to auntie it happened to your uncle it happened to grandpa then suspect maybe you will put an end to it maybe god chose you to put an end to that generational curse in your family that's why you are christian so that god can have from your line also godly seeds that's what he's seeking for. All that God wants, godly seed on the earth. From every family, from every race, every home, he wants a godly seed. And you can start that by breaking the curse. If you see depression, you see a lot of sickness and mental illness, substance abuse, poverty, depression, Sexual immorality, murder. You know, people murder go in the family. <laughs> you have to watch out for this. In rebellion, you got to watch out for them. Daddy was crazy, a rebel, a hippie. And now the hippie is in a different form in Sunny. <laughs> we got to watch out for that. You got to break, break all of those things. Lack of interest in spiritual things. You wonder, the wife has so much interest in spiritual things. She wants to be in church. But the daddy, <laughs> okay, I'll go today. You know, if you don't do that, you'll go to hell. I know. But he's not willing to do anything. He hears the message. He says he's going to do right. But he, he can't move himself. A lack of interest in spiritual things is a problem. Possibly a demonic force 
that's blinding the eyes of people. And then watch his family or her family and see what they are like with regards to spiritual things. You have, the, key, the key thing is this. Once you know the truth, okay, you can then begin to do something about it. And they can be free. You know, I was sharing with somebody this morning. Light always goes before order. Light precedes order. If you come into this room and it's dark and I ask you to fix the room and set it in order and you can't see, would you be able to set it in order? You can't. You need light. Light always precedes order. What am I saying? That's why if you go back to the beginning in Genesis, God said from the very beginning of creation, the first thing God said was, let there be light. And after that, there was order. Before that, chaos. Confusion. No form. Light precedes order. Light is revelation. You need revelation to be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You receive revelation, and the rep, once you got light, you get order. But until you get light, you are in darkness and can never be free. So when we share about things, about demons and generational curses, what we're saying, get the light. Get some revelation. Once you understand it, your family is free. You're free. And you can free yourself. Amen? And then you can start seeing them having greater interest in the things of God. What man? Hell is a horrible place to be in. And how can a man know of it and have no interest to turn the other way? That's not normal. That's not normal. And if you ask them, do you believe there is a hell? They believe, but why are they not making the turn? Because they are blind. The Bible even tells us the God of this world has what? Blinded their minds, and it could be generational. Break that thing, and the kids, and their daddy, their mommy, everybody won't be in church. Amen? That's what you need to know. So watch out for generational curses. And then, when I'm through with this, I'm going to be sharing with you. God taught me this. One key thing. If you call me to pray for somebody who's demon-possessed or um, oppressed by the devil... I only, there's only one thing I'm looking for. If they are willing to be free. If they are willing. I can't make them willing. And God taught me this through weeks of lesson. And out of frustration, he spoke to me. And told me, this person is not willing. And I immediately shot back at him and... Sometimes you talk back to God when you are frustrated before you realize who you're talking to and you needed to show some respect. (laughs) Because I was frustrated. I I said, God, why? And he says, this person is not willing. And I said, but she comes to me every day and she wants to be free. How can you say she's not willing? He's gently, she's not willing. Okay. And then all of a sudden, this person started saying something that made it clear to me she wasn't willing. She, she loved what was happening in her life. She didn't want to be free. She wanted some comfort because there was torment because of the presence of this demon in her life. 
And she wanted them to be away from her somewhat, but she didn't want to be free. Her mother came and begged me. Her brother, who was my schoolmate, came and said, good luck, help, help my sister. You can't. I'm your friend. I said, now, Joseph, you remember who this is? Good luck. I am good luck. It's nothing. This is your friend. You remember? Just good luck. I'm not anything else. Just good luck. I can't help you, sister. Remember me? We used to do this stuff together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Jesus said, good luck. You think I'm a witch doctor or something? I can't help her. I said, persuade your sister to let go and I'll be, she'll be free. He's so important. You have to be willing. And sometimes people don't even realize there is a demon in their life. But everybody can see a consistency of action that is hurting people and hurting them and they are not willing to accept that this is a bad thing in their life and so the demons blinded them god have mercy on them one day their eyes open and they ask for mercy and they can be free takes only mercy from god to open their eyes so they can see amen so important another thing is substance abuse and this can go in any way. These things are, they are destroyers. And many times Christians want to just address the natural by trying to persuade them and putting them, sending them to uh, people that will work with them and counsel them. You can't counsel a demon out of a person. He's not going to work. They'll let go for a while. <laughs> In a few days, they're back again. You say, but we were free with this thing before. Right back to rehab. Rehab, all right? Right back. Because you can't cancel a demon. Get the demon out. Send them to counseling. And they will be praising Jesus. Amen. Substance abuse. You may think you're doing something so innocent. No, not. You're not. Young people, I counsel you, don't go there. This stuff, marijuana, they burn and they have a unique smell. You understand what I'm saying? These things are like incense. Demons love those things. In my native country, that's where I learned a lot about this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? We burn some of those smelly stuff. And guess what? Those people get demonized. And some of them, after a while, they lose their minds. And they walk the streets naked. You don't want to go there. He starts small, but he doesn't stop there. And the funny thing about this is after a while, after a while, you'll know because the devil will let you know there's something wrong with me. But then you feel very helpless. There's no going back. You don't know what to do. You're trapped. And your life is doomed by this little thing. You don't want to go there. If you have friends that are doing it, stay away from them. They are not friends. Those are enemies. Stay away from them. Don't go near them. 
sometimes we think that there's going to be another chance to life. No, when the enemy has you in his hands, he doesn't want to let go because you become his house and his place of rest. He knows that if he gets out of your body, he has to walk on dry ground. <laughs> Look, that's what it is, looking for rest. And it's only in your body he can find rest. He, why would a demon have rest in my body? That's not right. That's frightening. But you can stop it by saying no to these things. And once you cross the line, immediately go back to God, ask for forgiveness, and turn the other way. And if you can't help yourself, talk to somebody who you know can help you. Don't go that way. It's going to destroy you. You don't want to be young people. You're 15 now. You don't want to be 56 and you are uh, at, at, the, at the intersection between uh, a half mile and 290 doing this. It's crazy. There's a potential for that if you do that. And look at when you go around those people, you feel the oppression. Have you been around people? You feel the oppression. You can tell this demonic thing is going on here. You don't want to go there. So substance abuse, even painkillers, use it when you have to. But don't let it go too far. Because if it goes too far, the enemy takes control and your body doesn't know unless God delivers you. Then there is obsession with sex and sexual misconduct. Mm. You know, God wants a man... The right God has given a man from the day that God created Adam and Eve is to have rights only to your wife. Any other thing outside that is unacceptable. Remember what the scripture says. Every sin that a man sinned is outside his body. But the sin of fornication or a sexual sin, he sinned against your own body. That's what the Bible says. The only person you can have sexual contact with is your wife. And if you're not married, you don't want to go there. That's where soul ties come into place. So uh, later... When you get married, and this is happening a lot in, on Facebook, mm -hmm. when you get married, there is still this connection with this person that you're not married to. It's demonic. God didn't want it that way. You should, be, you should be only with your wife. And many have had multiple partners, and they're confused all inside. They don't know what love is. They can't really truly love their mate the way God wants them to love their mate because all of these crazy things inside of them. You can't do that. You have to repent of it. Excuse me. Let me show you something. I'm going to be real open with you about this. When, I, when my father died... We had money. My wife would tell you, when I meet some Niger older Nigerians, they know my family. 
I think when Pastor Kendall said it, Nubragin, he said when he went to Nigeria, he got to the airport, he told them, I'm coming to see the Okochebo family. They let him go by. So my father was well known. So what I'm saying is we had so much money when I was growing up, no supervision, no father around. We were nuts. We had constant partying. The girls came in and they went out. And we thought, oh, life, wonderful. Until I got to be a Christian. Very, very moral person. In fact, one of the girls told me, we didn't think that you could ever be a Christian. God must have truly called you. We thought it wouldn't last. And they told me to my face because of the way I was. And it's girls, girls, girls. That's all my brothers did in that. And after I got saved, God opened my eyes to what was going on. I'm going to be very graphic with you guys. Don't know what's going on. You don't want that. <laughs> but I have to say, because of the young people, see, you know what you're dealing with. When you're doing that thing, guess who, you're having fornication, sex with somebody you're not married to, guess who is present? Demons. Demons. They're there. After I got saved, I was really radical. I cut everything off. I had one room that I kept to myself. And I prayed in my room while my brothers were committing fornication and all of that all over the home. Sometimes I wake up in the morning to get dressed to go to work and there are women laying down, no clothes on. I didn't mind it. And then one night, God brought some revelation that delivered me. And I lost interest in all girls that were not born again. I didn't want to go near them. If you were not born again, I wouldn't even look at your face. I saw you as a beautiful devil. I ain't coming near you. Don't give me those eyes. No, it won't work. Devil, stay away from me. I'm wiser now. I know better. But I had this dream this night, and God was, I believe God was helping to deliver me from my past life so that I never go back. So he gave me this dream. I saw three ladies in my dream. There was one, they, you know, one was tall, the other one that way, and they just like that. And for some reason, I was going after in my dream. I had already gotten saved now, mind you. And I wasn't doing those things. And God was trying, freeing me from my past life. I saw those three, and I was running after the, uh, the tallest one. And I, I ran after that one. You know how it is. You chase after them. They, they act like they're not interested. You, fo- you keep following until you win them. You know what that, guys, you know what that is? Uh, liars. <laughs> you know what it is. But I kept following this one girl and running after her. She goes in the room. I go there and she was like, and then all of a sudden in the dream, I changed my mind. And I said, what am I doing? It's like something happened and I changed back to my new self as a believer in the dream. And I said, what am I doing running after this girl? This is stupid. So I went back to my room and I started preparing my bed to sleep and I was berating myself. Why did I do that? That's, that's crazy. 
I shouldn't have done that. God, forgive me. All in a dream. And then as I was doing that, one of the girls, the shortest one, came by. She didn't say anything to me. I was, you got my bed in front of me. I was standing there and she walked behind me and the door was over there. And she went, said nothing to me, went by the door and reached with her left hand to open the door. And she had this type of, uh, you know, the things that ladies wear. And this part is all opened. And she reached for the door and I saw her hemp it with hair <laughs> as if she hadn't taken a shower for one year. It was caked, dark. The hair was did not loose. They were all sticky together with dirt. And I went, oh, oh my God. What happened? This, oh, no, God, what, what have I been doing? But she was clean out there the last time. How come she's so filthy? Oh, Lord, help me. All in the dream. I said, yeah, God forgive me. This is crazy. True story. I'm not like this is the truth. And then the short one came and did the same thing, and I felt even worse. And then the tall one came. That was the one I was running after. She came and stood by me. I was like this, and she stood right there and said, uh, You disgraced us tonight. I was already feeling bad. <laughs> so I turned around to look and I saw her mouth as she was talking. It's like again, somebody who hadn't brushed the teeth for the whole year. It was kid. <laughs> he was so bad. Oh, I was, God, please, this is horrible. And then I prayed and I went to sleep. I believe I was so frightened that night because I felt something after the dream. And I knew this was not an ordinary dream. And you know, from that day, I wouldn't even let any woman touch me. I, every time they stretched it on me, I say, yeah, your, your, everything is cool. <laughs> but <laughs> No. I'm not going to touch you. I need the sanctified lady. Amen. She won't have all of this stuff, you know, as far as I was concerned. So, all my Christian work, I was never attracted to an unbelieving woman. No, I, I, they didn't attract me. I knew that they, it was the same devil. And I couldn't be sleeping in a bed with that kind of person. The truth is, you may not see those are the demons in people who are sexually immoral. And if you stay with them, guess what's going to happen? Because you become one with them, you contract their demon. They're part of your life. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. And if you find yourself being attracted to somebody who is not your wife, you better call yourself back. Because what's happening is you are being seduced and the devil, when he gets in, he's going to kill you. That's why the Bible talks about that. Can a man take fire on his bosom and not be burnt? He can do it. You just don't want to go there. You don't want to commit fornication. You don't know what's going to happen later. 
You don't want to have sex before marriage. And if you've done it, you better repent and cut it off. Because the devil doesn't play games. Anything sexual, if you are strongly attracted, whatever it is, don't, you don't want to stay with that because there's going to be trouble if it continues. First you're seduced. And then when they see it's wide open and you've agreed and this is really you, you really, then they come in and they come in with force. But if you, got that, you, you are in that condition, you can be free. God can deliver you. I know what to do. We have people here that know what to do. But you have to be willing. You know, demons, you can be willing halfway. They know you're not. And we can spend three weeks trying to get the demon out. They won't go anywhere. Until you to- totally load your, first, your, your former life and you want to really go the other way, then they know, and sometimes they will just quietly leave. Quietly. I like it when they quietly leave. I don't like it when they trash a person. The, the homosexuals don't realize they are filled with demons. I shared this story about this guy. His name is Kelvin. You don't know him. In college station, while I was in college, and I kept telling him, you have a demon. He said, no. Uh, this is who I am. It's DNA. I said, there is no DNA. The DNA is really demon. There is no DNA in this thing. Somebody did this to you, and that's how this thing came into you. He refused. But one day, he said, I'm willing to be free. You needed to have been there when we were praying for him. You think he will die. It, it, was, it was painful. I'm the one praying, but it was painful to watch the torture as this demon was twisting him and getting rolling here his eyes will bulge out as he opens his mouth for you don't want to be there if you've experienced that you don't want to go there these things are very bad and they do exist don't deceive yourselves they are there and they're hurting people causing damages in the homes of people you don't want to go there there are cultic practices and worship of foreign gods. It's really rough for a Christian person when you you go the other way and you think there's nothing wrong with it. It's no big deal. If you're attracted to cultic things like movies and you know horror movies and all of that, something is not right. Christians are not. I can't sit there and watch those things. I get very irritated and I turn that thing off. I, I can't sit there. It makes me very uncomfortable. Is it because I'm afraid of demons? No, I've dealt with them a lot. But there is something when that thing is going, some kind of presence that I don't want around me and I don't want it. Just cut it off. Don't go buying anything. When Angela and I go to Nigeria and we see anything, we know the, all the different gods and all of that. And once we see it, we know it's not ordinary. You can't bring that thing into the home. You bring the demons in. I heard a woman talking to Padrobesin on, on 700 Club, a psychiatrist. She had gone, I think it was India she went to, and she brought something into her home. And all of a sudden, her life turned. And the psychiatrist now sent other people to help her because there was no son. She was a Christian woman. She said, I tried everything. 
I didn't know what's wrong, what was wrong with me. My home, everything was going crazy. Everything turned upside down because of that thing in our home. God was merciful to her. And by word of knowledge, somebody revealed. She took it out of her home. That was the end of it. You don't want to play these things. The, the widget boards and all of this. These are not just ordinary things. You don't want to do them. There was a young man I read of years back in India. He had gotten saved by missionaries. These two guys that wrote the book were missionaries. And uh, he was, if you will if you use, you know, the Christian word, gloriously saved. <laughs> and he was their convert, and they loved him because he was one of the first ones they got, you know. And these missionaries were really, really into trying to make him go all the way, and they were really teaching him, and he was growing. But then came the pagan festival. And he thought nothing of it. This young man thought, well, it's just be with my friend. You know, we do all of these things. But I don't really believe in that anymore. But I just want to be with them. So they said in the book, and said, he actually went out and was dancing with them. And, and in the midst of it, he lost his mind. He went crazy. They said it took them hours to get that demon out of him. Hours. They struggled and struggled. He lost his mind completely. In the midst, he was saying, right in the midst of the festival, as they were dancing and doing their stuff, this thing came in. He opened the door. What I'm telling you, now, you don't want to play games with this. That's why I haven't shared this. We're not trying to minister fear. We can handle them. Amen? We can't handle them. But what I'm trying to say, there are things that you don't want to do. There are things you don't want to explore because life is not just the way you see it. There are forces that you can't see. And they are after your life to destroy you because you look like God. They can destroy God. But if they can destroy the closest thing to God, that is your highest price. They've been successful. That's why you're special. That's why we teach you don't want to do this. There are a lot of things I got to share. The time is gone. All right. And I'll continue next week. That's good for me because there are things I want to share about some things to look for signs that you may be having a problem here. If it's happening in your life, you have a problem. The best thing is seek help. It's worse when you know that you have a problem. It's so easy to deflect what you hear. Well, that's that person. And you forget yourself. You know what's going on? That's hardness of heart going on. You deflect it. Oh, that's not me. That's this person. But everybody can see it's you. Except you. So every time you hear the word of God and you understand it and you decide, no, for whatever reason, sometimes you don't want to be embarrassed by anything. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to keep this to myself. No. Guess what you've done? Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4 tells us, you can go to chapter 3, I believe verse 15, 14, 15 there. You can go to chapter 4, verse 7, and then verse 14, 15. Read them, Hebrews. Today, if you will hear his voice, 
Harden not your heart. As in the days of provocation. When they provoked him. And then he swore. They never enter into my rest. Every time you hear his word. That's what happened to Pharaoh. Moses told him what God had said. He said no. Guess what happened to Pharaoh. His heart got hardened. They went back again. His heart got hardened. Because he always would say no to what God said. Who is that God? No. His heart got hardened. The Bible will tell you God hardened his heart. But what's really happening is. In, back in Hebrews. When you turn God's word away from you. And you don't follow through. Your heart gets hardened. I'm going to share with you next week. What happened to Saul. And why hardness of heart. Is what destroyed him. He finally found himself to let you know there was a demon in his life. Where was he before his death? With the witch of Endor. He was with the witch. Anointed of the Holy Ghost ended up, his last prophecy came from a witch and died. Hardness of heart. I want to share some of these things. Because you think it's ordinary. Yeah. But rebellion is a very strong thing with God. Amen? Stand up with me. I'm not going to go there tonight. But I encourage you, bring your friends, share with people. And uh, until I finish this series, I will stay with it uh, so we understand. Because after we're through, I'm going to talk to every one of us. Every one of us can cast out a devil. devil. Uh, After I knew I could, I wanted to do that all the time. And they started saying, that's your ministry, to cast out devils. I said, please don't give me that ministry. I don't want that. <laughs> I'll do it, but that's not my ministry. Amen? I want to bring people to Christ. Amen? If they got devils, we'll, take, we'll deal with that. But they need to know Jesus, who is bigger. Amen? Amen. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord tonight and give him thanks for the revelation that you have received I know his spirit is speaking to you more than I'm sharing with you tonight. And I'm so glad for our young people, if you will sell out for God. Remember what I said, everyone needs to be anointed to do what God has called you to do. If you don't let God anoint you, there's one who is waiting to anoint you to do what he's putting into your heart to do. But God loves everyone that is standing here before God tonight. And you are special to him. And he wants to give you the best in life. Father God, I thank you. We are your people. You have loved us from the foundation of the world. And in Proverbs chapter 8, your word tells us, We were and still are your delight. In all of God's creation. Jesus, we are so grateful for your love. Thank you. For revealing to us the son of the living God. For bringing light into our lives. The light of life. We thank you. Be with your people tonight. Give us a good night rest. And bring us back again with your grace to your house. To worship you. In Jesus name. Everybody said amen. God bless you.